Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale you need. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode. You all are in for a treat today because we have one of my favorite TikTokers and also country artist um, Cooper Allen on today. Cooper's hilarious. He's so fun and makes some of the best like music mashups, all that, all the above on TikTok. So if you don't follow him, look him up. He's so good. And we were lucky enough to have him on the show today. And I am so excited. We have such a good time. Like he's he's so funny. He's so cool. So if you like country music, if you like TikTok, if you just want to know how you get to make such like a song that ends up trending, goes viral, all the above. Cooper breaks all that down and we have so much fun. So if you're into that, keep on listening and let's get into today's episode. Cooper, welcome to the show. How are you? Doing great. Chilling here in Pittsburgh, man. It's uh, it's good to be on the podcast. This is nice. Let's go. Let's go. Pittsburgh, home of Duolingo. I, this, we're not sponsored people, but Duolingo <laughs> is in Pittsburgh. <laughs> you can always plug. I'm, I'm wearing my Dewey shirt, so I can you know, like, there always we go. be plugging. We're, we're here for it. But before we get started, we always do the question of um, what the term young influential means to you. Like the term itself, young influential? Yeah, it can be anything. There's no wrong answer. It can be anything. I, I guess it means I've, uh, I've I've faked my way enough to have people uh, seem to think that maybe I know what I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> Which some days that's true. A lot of days it's not. So <laughs> that's uh, that's what I think of. <laughs> Listen, we fake it till we make it. That's that's what we do here. Exactly. Exactly. But before we get into like music and tour, which you've been selling out nights, which is dope. Um, before we get into all that, take us back to childhood, Cooper. Like, how did you get involved into like music? Was it something you were always passionate about? Like, parents played it all the time. How did you get introduced to it? Yeah, you know, Lil Coop always—that kind of sounds like a rapper. Uh, <laughs> it really does. Lil Coop always liked music. Uh, it was. It was always playing in, in the house, and you know I was the only one that ended up playing music. But you know my parents loved music, my brothers loved music. Uh, we would go to concerts all the time. That was kind of our thing as a family. You know we bonded a lot over music and sports. Um, so I saw my first concert. It was Tom Petty when I was five years old. Um, I fell asleep the whole time, which I'm, I <laughs> kick myself every day for that because um, I never got to see him again. Uh, but then you know from then on it was you know, kind of listening to what my dad and mom listened to, listen to what my brothers listened to, find my own stuff that I like, go and see a bunch of concerts. And, you know, it was just kind of something we did. So I, I didn't really start playing music seriously till uh, the eighth grade is when I started my first band. Uh, my first instrument was actually the trumpet when I was in like fourth grade, which I know sounds really cool. <laughs> but yeah it was just always it was just kind of always part of what we did i mean music is uh there's a, there's a special thing about it and uh we were definitely definitely fans of that special thing 
No, I feel you on the trumpet thing. That was what I chose because I thought it was easy because it had three buttons. I'm like, this will be easy. It's not going to yeah. be hard. And it was well, so hard. <laughs> your reason's better than mine. I wanted to... My two favorite bands at the time were uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band and ABBA, uh, which is naturally for a fourth grader, right? And, um, <laughs> I just wanted... I wanted to be in Casey and the Sunshine Band. And I was like, you know what? If I start playing the trumpet, they might ask me. And you know what? They did not. But <laughs> it's never it's never too late. KC's still going. I was about to say, I was like, it's not too late. Like they could hit, you could go through one of the towns nearby and they'd be like, yo, can we come on and do a song with like it's never too late. So Yeah, I only know like three notes on the trumpet now, but that that can get you by for a little bit. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't even know where mine is. Like, who knows? Mine <laughs> probably, I don't even know. It could be floating down a river. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but like, was there any like, what? Are there any like modern day artists that you really connect with now? Like, I feel like everybody has like the rolodex of like artists that they really connect yeah. to. So you know, having such a wide array of music tastes, you know, I kind of liked a lot of stuff. But my favorites, you know, when I started liking country and kind of my biggest. Um, inspos, I guess, were Kenny Chesney, um, Eric Church, Jayco, and Toby Keith. Um, and I was always really inspired by, you know, the live show that I got to see more than even the the songs or the songwriting, any of that stuff. So it was actually um, when I started my band in eighth grade, it was after I saw a Kid Rock concert for the first time, oh, which sounds yeah. crazy. But I, I didn't know any of the songs other than I think All Summer Long had just come out. Um, but we went as a family. And which is also weird, but um, <laughs> I'd never seen anybody perform like that. I'd never seen that much authenticity, that much energy, that much connection to his fans. And he was doing it in Greensboro, North Carolina on like a Tuesday night. So I, that just really resonated with me. And, um, you know, I looked at my parents after that show and I was like, that, that is what I want to do. I want to have that kind of impact on people's lives, you know, every night in a city playing a show. Um, so that is what made me start my first band. And, you know, we were just, we kind of caught the, uh, the music addiction from, from there. And I've been going ever since. No, I love that. Like when you, I still go to family concerts with my parents too. Like we do the roadie every year. So like, we've all seen like Luke Bryan together, Tim McGraw, um, Chris Young. We've like seen everybody together and we have a ball. Like that's like, I feel like it's so, that's what I love about country music. It's like, basically just family reunions. Everybody goes with their families and like all generations and that connection that they have because it's storied. I feel like it's one of the genres that's like storytelling. So everybody can relate to it in some form or fashion. Oh, a hundred percent. The country is, you know, I love every genre, but country is just, it's my favorite. It just, a country show feels different than any other thing. And the rodeo is on my bucket list. I've, I've never gotten to go. We were supposed to go the year COVID shut it down, but um, you know, next, next time you go, take me with you. I'm like, you got to like, it's so much fun. Like, it's like the one year where like my true Texan comes out where it's like I put on the cowboy boots. <laughs> like we go all out cowboy boots, like the belt buckle, like full on, like all the way. <laughs> you're, you're walking around just head to toe in Bucky's merchandise, eating kolaches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love, Buck, that's like a, the Bucky's is like a, the allegiance and loyalty I have to Bucky's is stronger than than anything out there. <laughs> like, I, I love that beaver. 
we're finally he's finally making his way to my part of the country and oh my god it is like it, it, it's like disney world met walmart and just like <laughs> made the happiest place in the world on the side of the road it is no, awesome. <laughs> no honestly because it's like anybody can like the beaver first of all the beaver nuggets um swear by then when you make it to the hot bar do you guys have the hot bar in yours like where you can do the custom sandwiches yes uh-huh you that yes. the way that beaver makes a turkey melt oh some people were made but this beaver was created and he is doing the lord's work <laughs> the way he can do a chopped beef in a turkey melt sandwich god, <laughs> like god has blessed Bucky like the he beaver, blessed that beaver. Like that beaver can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> like, I swear. Like oh, oh, I love that little beaver. <laughs> That's like a, we'll say that for another time. But like love that beaver. You but can do a whole whole episode on that stuff, man. I really could. Like I need to gather all of us like Southern like podcasters and podcast guests, and we just like just go down the chain. We start with like Hilton Head Island, talk about like Dreamland Barbecue in Alabama. We just like go around and we just like, yes. talk about. Hey, All the food places. You invite me when you want to talk about uh, Krispy Kreme donuts or Camel cigarettes or Dewey's. All of the Winston <laughs> staples. We got you. We're we're about to get we're about to get into the we're about to get into. I love a good baked good. <laughs> but fast forward, like take me into like how you got introduced to TikTok. Was it? Did, I feel like if we all did during the pandemic, we were all like at home and all like downloaded. But there were some like early adopters. I feel, and the rest of us were like that's stupid, and then months later we all got into it <laughs> yeah so it, my story is kind of the same as a lot of people um i definitely did think it was stupid i thought it was kids dancing with like little clothing on and i just thought it was weird <laughs> um and that's not me but now i do tiktok dances all the time but that's another story um, <laughs> but you know the, everything was just shut down and couldn't play shows a lot of people were taking breaks from writing um i'd move back home for a little bit just to kind of get out of Nashville, get back to North Carolina for a little bit. And my girlfriend, now fiance, told me, you got to get on this TikTok thing. You know, my producer, business partner told me, you got to get on this TikTok thing. And so I downloaded it just to say I did it. Um, kind of halved it for a little bit, uh, but then had one video, you know, go viral or whatever. And I saw more followers come in in less than a day than I had ever had on Instagram or Facebook or anything in years. Um, so at that moment, it was like, well, this actually might be legit. It's doing more for me than anything else. Let's just put a bunch of eggs in this basket and make it a full-time job and try to build a fan base on here. And that's kind of what, what we've done over the past two years and change, just uh, building a fan base, sharing music. And now there's people listening to the songs. There's people showing up at shows, which is awesome. And um, it's literally, you know, all because of the internet, which is insane. And from a person that hated social media, you know, three years ago it's uh it's pretty amazing what it can do no what's cool is like i have I, my like feed is like up and coming artists or like those independent artists and then like taylor swift theorist but that's yeah. not the story that's not, <laughs> that's not the story um but i think like what's so cool is just like you said like just being able to like connect like what's really cool is like a lot of people like they'll sample their music on their first so you'll hear their first where they're like hey i just wrote this like, what do you guys think about it? And it's like, you feel like you're taking part in it. Like, I think her name's Madeline Marlowe. She's like one of my favorite TikTokers on there. Um, yeah. And there's like, where they'll like write songs or whatever. And they're like, what do you guys think? Or do you like cool stuff like that? And then they'll post it. And it's like, oh, like, 
and she's going to email it to all of us. Like, it just feels like it's like it's like really taken like fan based community to a different level. Yeah, it's it's broken down a wall that um, I think fans have wanted broken down for a long time. It just kind of gives a little more of a direct access, a little more of fan involvement in the decisions an artist makes, which that's that's how it should be. We work for one entity, and that is not anything but the fans. We work for the fans and what they want and also what we want, but mostly what the fans want. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's really done a cool thing with it, and people always ask me because I do the, you know, here's a song, do you guys like it? They're like, is that just BS? Like, you write this song and you're just trying to get views? And I'm like, no, I legitimately – you know, I've had songs that I love that I think are smashes. I put on TikTok. I said, "Do you guys like it?" And the response <laughs> is not great, so I don't put it out. And, if, and sometimes I have songs that I'm like, "This kind of sucks, but it might be cool and people like it." So we put that out. So it's it's really it's like free market research for for an artist, and you know, it's just it's an honor to have such a close connection with people that are listening to your stuff. And I, I feel like I'm one of those too because it's like I'll see artists be like. What do y'all think? And I'm like, okay, are you, did you actually, like, is it done? Is it, like, how involved are we actually in this process? So yeah. no, I'm like that too a lot of times because they're like, like this post that, like, I'll drop in two months. I'm like, why are we going to wait two months? Because when two months comes, I might be over it by then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can you just, like, put it on SoundCloud? Like, if need be, like, we want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've definitely had some some long stretched out uh, <laughs> posts to releases that just drive people crazy, probably. But it's like, now nah, we're trying our best over here. We're trying to be real. And like the other thing that I feel like it, well, you were talking about, like all the different platforms. But how do you balance like all those? Because it's hard because it's like, oh, I got to be on Instagram. Oh, I got to be on TikTok. Oh, I got to be on now. There's like Snap and be real and be moved and be blessed and all these other ones. And it's like, how do you like, it's just like, it's too much. Like, do you like, how, how do you balance it? Be blessed. Beaver. Um, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Um, <laughs> now, you know, there's a lot, but I stick to really like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, YouTube shorts. Um, and yeah, it, TikTok is like my main priority. Um, I, I post on TikTok every day. Um, except maybe like one day a week, uh, the others I post on as much as I can. And you know what? It is a lot, but it's also, you know, it's your job. You know, it's, it's work and they call it work for a reason. And that's, uh, that's what pays the bills for me and what allows me to do this. So, you know, if some days you just need to wake up a little earlier or stay up a little later or find time, make time, there's, there's plenty of time in the day to, to get it all done. I think even when it's annoying, cause there are days when I'm like, if I have to do, this text and edit <laughs> one more time. I'm going to throw my phone against the wall. <laughs> no, that's such, especially like on like Twitter, which still doesn't have that. That it, but I don't know. Like, is it, I don't know. Like that's annoying. Cause it's like, Oh crap. I now I get to delete this and like put promo. Where it's like, Hey guys, wrong link. It's this link. Yeah. And you got to go back. It's, it's too much. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a deflating feeling when you put like, that much time uh, and it messes up and you're like, God, this is I'm like, yeah. here we go. But what I feel like is also cool is just, like, I don't know, like, being able to connect with the local businesses. Because I have so many here that, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, I'll always put on, I'll be like, look, like, tell my favorite bakeries and stuff. I'm like, look, Magnolia, like, send me a cupcake and I'll put you on. Like, I'll do it for free. I'll do it for free. Just give me a cupcake. Like, I love you guys that much. Like, have you been able to, like, do any, like, local partnerships or do stuff like that to really connect with like the local businesses too in that aspect of it well you're looking at 
a local partnership come right on, here. That's a perfect segue. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so these guys are really just my favorite partnership I've done yet. This is, uh, you know, they were just a baker in Winston-Salem for a while, um, where I'm from, and it was always the staple place. We would go there all the time. We would spend our allowance there. We could walk there from my house, um, and it was just like, they had the best cookies and sugar cakes and eclairs and cream horns and cake squares and all this stuff. It was like the spot and was, you know, kind of an epitome of Winston-Salem. Um, and now there's, they've taken these like really freaking good cookies and they've started to push them out on a national scale. They're in a bunch of, you know, grocery stores from Lowe's to Kroger to Alberts and Safeway all over the place. And, you know, they've kind of become this national thing and it's because the cookies are incredible. So it's, uh, it's been really cool to get to work with them um, because, you know, it's a lot like my story started as a Winston thing now trying to grow and trying to make it a thing. And not that we're not that we got people banging down our door all the time, but we are pretty picky about, you know, who we work with from a, a brand standpoint. We don't just want to work with anybody. This was just kind of a perfect thing because of the parallels, because they're great people. And because, I could eat like 25 of the cookies in one sitting and really not feel that bad about myself because they're not that bad for you. It's just, it's incredible. <laughs> no, and I feel like you brought up a good point. So I feel like a lot of times, like whenever people are like trying to create a following, whatever, they're like, oh, I like, I'm not to put any shame, but like that whole movement when everybody was like doing the shampoo and the belly teeth. And I'm like, why are you doing that? That hasn't, you don't even have hair. Like, why are you selling yeah. shampoo? And I feel like it's so important to like, Whenever brands do approach you to make sure like it's partnerships that you actually use, like you actually like like the cookies, so like it makes sense versus like I don't know if it was like a I don't know like a, like a random like I don't know like tree bark service, and it's like you're not a beaver, you don't eat tree bark, like that wouldn't yeah. make sense. So it's like whenever you're whenever you're looking at brands, like how do you determine if you're if it's going to be a, like a long term partnership, or how do you kind of create that alignment? Yeah, so it's it's got to be something that means something to you that that you believe in, um, and that you want to see succeed, and that you're gen genuinely gonna you know put a lot of effort behind, uh, because fans know when you're just trying to cash grab something or you're just trying to post <laughs> to make a quick buck, and well, you know when it comes down to it, me being a musician, I'm I'm kind of a walking advertisement. I'm constantly asking people to buy music, stream music, buy show tickets, all that stuff. So as much promoting as I'm having to do, you also got to be selective because, you know, you're going to be asking your fans to go get this other product. So it's got to be a product that is amazing that, you know, they're going to love and that they're going to appreciate and that you also personally, uh, personally appreciate. And the people, at least to me, the people running the place got to be good people. And there's no, there's no better people than some good old Winston Salem, North Carolina folk that are running this place right here. So uh, no. And I'm trying to think, cause I used to do summer camp in, rally durham and we used to always go to charlotte and so i'm like i feel like i feel like I, we've had to run into run into them at some point so now you when you said you were listening to grocery stores too i'm like i'm pretty sure i've had their cookies and i'm like i feel like i didn't feel bad about it if i did like yeah no <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i'm you, like you... I, I, i've had to i feel like i've had to come across them well, we're, we're going to send you a box so you can make sure that you have had them. And you've definitely like, trudged your way through Winston-Salem, North Carolina at one point, I'm sure. Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, like, I'm, I'm pre I know I've been to Winston-Salem, like, lo I love North Carolina and South Carolina. Like, that's like a whole nother discussion. Like, love down there. Asheville, like, all around, like, 
some of my best summers were in, in North Carolina. So love it down there. But I'm just like, if we went to Bojangles, we had to get cookies and stuff yeah. on the way. Like, I'm just putting two and two together. Yeah. I'm like, it just makes sense. We've had to stop there. It's all coming together now. Yeah. Like, like, like Celine Dion says, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like my mom and her family. They grew up like in Pilot Mountain, which is 30 minutes out of Winston. And she said they would just like make an afternoon out of getting in the car and driving from Pilot Mountain to Winston strictly to go to Dewey's Bakery to just like get stuff and go home. And just like all six of her sisters piling in this car. It was, that's an ordeal right there. So it is, it is a destination. So I, I kind of think you might have had it. I, I feel like I have. Like there's just, honestly, in doing that, pilot, that's worth it. There's some, I don't, to me, bakeries are like family. So like, yeah. I do not judge people who are like, I drove three hours to get these cupcakes. And ca-. No, that's realistic. Yeah. If we're going to drive six hours to a Luke Bryan concert, like we can drive two for cookies. Like, so I feel that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost-effective sponsored search and self-serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps to connected TV and off-site media across web and social to in-store activations and live events, Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections. Uh, on a spiritual level. Right, baby. <laughs> I feel that it's crazy. <laughs> but like getting back to like partnerships, I'm just curious, like are there any types that like you like you would like if you could pick any like that you would want to work with or like do like long term gold like stuff with? Um, you know, uh, I've got my bakeries covered, so we don't need, <laughs> we don't need any more of that. Um, I I love like health, fitness, nutrition stuff kind of means a lot to me um so I, I love things in that line and that's why i like these because they're technically like a kind of healthy cookie um you know i love sports uh, i love the north carolina tar heels that's i'm a die hard uh, so, so, yeah exactly so something in uh something in that lane would be cool um but you know you just kind of know when the right thing comes along i guess and uh you know, you know when it's not the right fit too. So it's all just kind of 
keep working and keep trying to make yourself somebody that people want to work with. Let's get it. And speaking of work with, tell us about tour because tour is just on fire. We're hearing about it. So like, tell us about it. Like, how's it going? Like what's next? Like give us the rundown. Yeah. So I've, I think I've getting some bags under my eyes a little bit. <laughs> uh, it is the, it, it's exhausting. You know, it, it's, it can be a grind sometimes, but there is, I've never done anything better from a career standpoint, a musical standpoint. It is so much fun. It is the most rewarding thing ever. And, you know, for a long time with my following, it was just a phone screen and just numbers going up and all that stuff. And that stuff's really cool. But then when you step into a room and you're in a room with these people for real and you can see them and you can you can feel it and you got that energy in there and you're all sweating together and drinking beer together. I mean, there is absolutely nothing better in the world than um than playing a show and that's that's why i got hooked on this in the first place um and so this is you know finally getting to play my songs at a show and people know them and like them and come for that stuff is just really really cool and uh we've gotten to see some some great places we've been all over we've been as far west as seattle and as far east as new york city and just about everywhere in between and we're, we're kind of not stopping much anytime soon. So this, uh, this sprinter van has certainly become home <laughs> as you can see a lot of stuff everywhere. So, <laughs> and wait, did I miss, wait, did you guys come to New York and I missed it? I'm so sad. Like, wait, what? No, this was back in March. This was before we knew each other. So oh, don't feel dang. bad. I was like, I was like, dang, I was like, what? I would have so come. Well, next time <laughs> we'll probably, I think we'll come to long Island or something next year. So you might have to take that train up to, uh, Oh, like redneck that. part of New York. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming. No, speaking of which, like, who, if you could, like, is there anybody, like, if you could pick, no, I'm going to change it. But if you could pick, who would you want to tour with? Like, it could be a summer tour, a fall tour, but, like, who would you want to, like, tour with? Tour with? Um, Kenny Chesney's probably kind of the granddaddy um of it all luke combs would be awesome but kenny you know I, he was just he meant so much to me as a kid and those were the shows that i saw that inspired me so much and he plays like freaking football stadiums which is pretty cool so i think that would uh that'd probably be my my dream tour to hop on no that no like we all love kenny when he taught us how to use our tractors correctly. Yes. So like, yes. I like the, yeah, so, so many, so many. And also Luke, I love Luke Combs. Like I, I'm really salty that I, he would, he did like two shows in New York in December or something. And then he came back and I missed him again. Cause I think he was like the same night as Dan and Shay. And I went, I had like floor for Dan and Shay and I could not pass that up. Yeah. So like me and Luke, we just keep passing each other. And I'm just like, bro, we gotta get on the same page. Like, I need to I need to cry and sing uh, like so many of those songs like in well, concert. I, <laughs> I bet he's equally as disappointed that you missed the show too. I, I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. Like like we we got we got to stop this like <laughs> that, that damn Dan and Shay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm hyped for Carrie Underwood like her tour next year. That's going to be really good. Oh dude, yeah, what a what a performer she is. You, <sighs> you forget how many her. just absolute bangers she has. It's just song after song. Uh, like, uh, just, do you have a, do you, okay, do you have a favorite, like, what, no, I'm going to change it. Do you have a go-to, like, karaoke song that's country, or, like, what's your go-to, like, whatever song that you have to, like, put on that it's not a party till it comes on? 
Oh, wow. Go-to karaoke <laughs> song is probably Semi-Charm Life, Third Eye Blind. Yes, um, yo. It's because I always, before I was, like, performing a ton, I knew all the words to Semi-Charm Life, and I, like, thought it was really cool that I knew all those words. Um, and so I could do it karaoke without looking, and that's just, like, <laughs> absolutely lame as lame as hell, but it was, I thought it was cool. So <laughs> that's always been my... Uh, the go-to karaoke. My, my favorite song of all time is, weirdly, it was my first favorite song, was Follow Me by Uncle Cracker. Oh, that's a classic. Well, that's a classic. Like Such a classic. And, and like, you could put that on and it just turns whatever space into a party. Yes. And, I mean, you can imagine, like, a five-year-old kid running around the house singing, like, I'm not worried about the ring you wear. As long as no one knows, nobody will care. But... It was just that melody, man. It's too good. <laughs> Swim through no, the always, like a fish in the sea. <laughs> no, it always cracks me up when like we think about like the songs we sang, like when you said that it made me think of like all the old Hootie and the Blowfish songs they used to sing, and I'm like, bro, I had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. Like those or um I'm trying to think, like Tim McGraw's barbecue in my white t shirt. Like, you could not tell me that that was not the biggest struggle of all time. Yeah. And because of that song, I will I to this day will not wear a white shirt when I'm around barbecue. Like I won't do it. Yeah. I did yeah. it one time at a frat party and it just hell broke loose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one mistake. And I'm like, Tim told me not to do that. There's barbecue stains everywhere. <laughs> you know what? It worked out okay for Tim McGraw. I think you can get away you know, with it. I was like, I was like he, he he's doing all right. He's doing yeah. all right. <laughs> oh, that's like, awesome. <laughs> but like fast forwarding, like, do you have any other like upcoming like projects or stuff that fans and like followers stuff can look forward to that you're like planning for like the new year and stuff that we all can look forward to? Yeah, you know, just a lot more touring, a lot more new music. I know that sounds kind of vague, but um, <laughs> you know, we're just trying to put out a bunch of stuff and level it up every time, and and try to put out stuff the fans like, and then try to start playing bigger rooms and bigger rooms and just kind of keep growing. That's, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of all it's about right there. So you can expect, uh, you know, not, not really stopping and more of the same, hopefully in a better way. No, we love, look, we always welcome new music. We always welcome it. You know, something's got to hold us over and like in between, um, everybody else. So, you know what? We welcome it. You know, it took us forever for Taylor Swift's. You know, we'll wait for you. If we wait for Taylor, we'll wait for you. <laughs> yeah, I won't take that long. That's People might forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for to wrap up, like, what advice do you have for anybody who's, like, coop, cool, that, like, you're doing your whole music thing, but, like, I want to be a singer, I want to do whatever, but I don't know where to get started. Like, what advice do you have for somebody who's, like, I'm a good singer-songwriter, but I don't know how to get my stuff in the right place or... I don't know where to start with getting my music out there. Yeah. I mean, I think there's kind of two, two parts to the whole thing. Um, I think you gotta, you gotta start playing live. I don't care how you know scared it makes you or whatever. You gotta start playing live, whether it's at a bar or your restaurant down the street or an open mic or a coffee shop. Um, because you know, you just gotta have that live music experience. You gotta learn how to perform. You gotta learn how to hold a crowd and be confident enough to sing your songs in front of other people. Um, so, you know, you got to do the live part and then you got to get on the internet and do that part. Um, I wouldn't do one without the other. I would do both. Um, and you know, you just got to post and you got to put your stuff out there. And even if, uh, 
you know, it might take a while for something to hit or it might take a while to get any traction or anything. I mean, it took, it took me probably 10 years of doing it and really trying and writing songs from eighth grade until, you know, moving to Nashville that I had anything work at all. So it just takes a while and you got to love the process. You got to love your artistry. You got to be proud of what you're doing and realize that if, if something fails, then it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, that's the thing with music. If you put out a song and people love it, that's great. If you put out a song and people hate it, then they're probably not going to listen to it. And it, no one's probably going to notice anyways. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing these days. So consistently posting on the internet, getting your songs out there, but also developing the live side of it um, is, is my best advice. Not that I really know anything, but that's what works for me. <laughs> and no, that's uh, cheeks a lot of times people are like, well, I don't want it. And it's like, you can't compare your first song to like, um, I don't know, like Reba McIntyre's like seventh studio album. Like everybody starts from, everybody has to start from scratch. And I feel like a lot of times, like we don't want to start like on ground, like floor one. We all want to start at like whatever, start immediately playing like, like House of Blues and these big venues. But it's like everybody started somewhere, like somewhere small. Like you can't skip that step. So yeah. and it, you kind of have to like put your pride to the side. And if you skip the step, and get to that level. It's just like, you're still not probably taking advantage of that big opportunity as best you could, because you didn't do these other steps that made it. So you're good enough to really, really capitalize on that step. So it's all a process. It's uh, I mean, if you had told me four years ago, that same thing, I would have said, screw you. You know, I want it. I want it now, but uh, you know, it, it's the process. Everybody goes through, you know, well, you heard it here first people like, from the man himself, so don't be skipping those steps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching you. But, <laughs> but Cooper, thank you so much for joining us and blessing us. If you all are around or whatever and you see him in your neighborhood, definitely check him out. Dude, um, you're the man. I appreciate you having me on but, here to yeah. talk a little music and do his big time stuff, baby. There we go. Like, eat cookies, everybody. Just, just, <laughs> just do eat. It. Cookies. Just cookies. Not that bad for you. <laughs> wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons, and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, Send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in store. 
For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media, meaningful connections.